And so the person that you were in one season may have helped you to survive whatever the relationship looked like at that point. But as people grow and change and mature over time, I do think it's important to reevaluate whether that person you were is still serving you in the level that you find your relationship right now. Welcome to the Called Forth Podcast. This is the place where we help ambitious women of faith to activate and break through the belief structures holding them back. I'm your host, Dawn Town, author of the book, Hashtag More Than Done, speaker, wife, and mama four. I'm going to show you how to go from stuck to called forth while connecting to the full expression of who God has made you to be and make this season your season in your life and your business. I believe God has called you forth from the very beginning, and this is your season of awakening and activation. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Called Forth podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about emotionally reattaching in your most intimate relationships after emotional detachment. And hey, I want to say thank you for staying with me in this process. I'm in my second year of podcasting. And sometimes it feels like the wild, wild west when you're trying to figure out your niche and where you land and the conversations you best speak to. And where I've really been leaning into lately is for ideas related to modern culture. And although this is not per se, I don't know, I guess in some ways it's a modern issue, but I don't know that it's necessarily a cultural issue as much as it is a relationship issue. But I was recently inspired by this concept of emotionally reattaching after detachment, given a conversation that I had not long ago with some good friends were going through a book and it was talking a lot about intimacy and relationships and being a powerful communicator and keeping your love on. That's the title of the book, Keep Your Love On by Danny Silk. And the chapter that we were in discussed expectations. And it was interesting because as I left the conversation and I had a chance to kind of dissect my thoughts around whether or not I thought it was fair to have expectations of other people. It reminded me of the earlier seasons of my marriage where there was, you know, there was a lot of good and bad mixed in those first several years, as with most marriages there are. But one of the things that came out of that, those earlier seasons of our marriage was that when I would express a need that I had emotionally, it was not responded to in a healthy way. It was either neglected or ignored or some sort of unhealthy response. And so in that season, I learned to become very independent. You know, I went to God to meet my emotional needs and there started to become an emotional detachment. I didn't realize it at the time, but a lot of the literature and the even Christian teaching that I received at the time kind of reinforced this idea that you know, your spouse isn't obligated to meet your needs. You need to go to God to meet your emotional needs. It's putting too much on your spouse to meet your needs. And so I lived in that place for a very long time. And that is really who I needed to be to survive that season. Because if I had continued to express my emotional needs only to see them continue to be neglected or rejected or ignored, it would have just been a continual cycle of my self becoming emotionally unhealthy. And so in order to become um, emotionally healthy, I had to learn to guard my heart and guard my emotions and give those to the one person who would never disappoint, and that's God. And so that helped me to survive that season of my life. But in this book, it's talking a lot about intimacy. And given that now in my life, my husband and I have come to such a 
different place, more mature spiritually and emotionally and self-aware and personal development. And all of those things have come to play after years. And we're just in a different place, a more healthy place. And so that person that I became in that season, more emotionally detached from my most intimate relationship, although that was what I needed to survive that season, it's not who I need to be now in this season if I'm wanting a more intimate relationship with my spouse or any other relationship that I have. And so it was just interesting to wrestle in this conversation with these ladies because I feel like it is a tension that we live in in life. And I know I talk a lot about tensions in life, things that are dichotomies. And I feel like this is another one of those things where it can be very unhealthy to have expectations of other people. But it can also be really unhealthy not to have any expectations in your most intimate relationships. And I can think of like, for instance, one of my very good friends, Jill, like she's been with me through the good, the bad, the ugly, the mountaintops, the the valleys, all of it. And because we have a relationship where we've seen each other through some really dark times and great times, she knows a lot about me. And so there's things that I've shared with her that I would expect that she wouldn't share with anybody else. There is a healthy expectation there. If I didn't have that expectation, I probably wouldn't have opened up to her about some of the things that I've walked through and vice versa, her with me. And so I think a lot of it is determining who somebody is to you. You can have unhealthy or misapplied or too many expectations on relationships that aren't meant for that level of deep intimacy and trust. But I feel like the more intimate relationship you have, the more appropriate it would be to have expectations. And by expectations, I, do, I in some ways mean trust. And I also don't mean that these expectations we have in our intimate relationships need to look a certain way. You know, we've recently gone through in our family telling each other what our love languages are. So my husband knows that my love language is quality time. Now I can have in my head what my expectation would be, how he would express to try to meet that need of quality time. But I feel like for that to be a healthy expectation, it would be that I trust you to respond to the needs that I express in whatever capacity you have to try to meet that need. So although I might have a vision in my head for what that look like looks like, I have to remain open to the fact that he may meet that need in a completely different way or a way that I don't expect. And so I think the word expectation is heavy and sometimes it's got a negative connotation, but maybe a, a better word would be trust. Although I do think they're separate things, trust and expectation may have some overlapping layers they are still in the end two separate things. So you can insert whatever word you feel like resonates with you the most. But as I'm wrestling through this idea of expectations and trust in your most intimate relationships, I definitely was really challenged through this conversation that in order to be more vulnerable, I've got to open that place of my heart again to express my emotional needs and then trust that whatever relationship I'm speaking to in the moment that person's going to be able to have the capacity to meet me there from their perspective, not necessarily from my perspective, but at least make the effort. And I think this wrestle is has to do with the fact that in relationships, you ebb and flow, you go through different seasons and you mature throughout life. And so the person that you were in one season may have helped you to survive whatever the relationship looked like at that point. But as people grow and change and mature over time, I do think it's important to reevaluate whether that person you were is still serving you in the level that you find your relationship right now. 
And if it doesn't, it's a great time to reflect and ask yourself, God, where are you leading me in this season of my life, in my most intimate relationships? Where are you challenging me to grow? And for me, it's been a challenge to grow in my capacity to be more vulnerable and express my needs. And this is all with knowing that we're all imperfect people. And so we're not going to get it right all the time. It's not thinking that when you have expectations or trust that 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 person is going to always walk it out perfectly or that you are always going to work it out perfectly. I could certainly turn this around and say that I think it's perfectly healthy that when my husband expresses a need that to the best of my ability, I'm going to try to respond to that need. I'll even tell you that my husband's love language is physical touch. And so he loves it when, or he appreciates it when he gets home from work and I give him a hug or we're going throughout the evening and I touch his shoulder or just have that contact where we sit next to one another because that's not my primary love language. I have to remind myself, which I know sounds silly if that's your love language, but, and I can tell you just recently, actually it was just yesterday. I totally failed in meeting that need. I came home, he was already here because I had left after I dropped the kids off to go quickly run, quickly run an errand and then he came home and he was talking to our oldest son. And so when I came in, I didn't immediately go give him a hug because he was engaged in a conversation and my mind was elsewhere. I was trying to grab something or do something. And he mentioned it later, like when he was done with this, done with this conversation, hey, you didn't even give me a hug. And so I gave him a hug. And so clearly I still don't meet expectation, but in relationship, we love each other through the process of not always meeting each other's expectations. And so I feel like the core root of this conversation goes back to should we have expectation in intimate relationships? And I think that there's a healthy balance of it. And there's also the knowledge that we're imperfect people. We're not always going to get it right. But in our most intimate relationships, we're choosing each other again and again, whether that's a friendship or marriage or parent-child, like whatever it looks like for you in your relationships. I think there's this this dichotomy, there's this healthy tension and balance that we learn to live in, in order to have intimacy. And so while this isn't something that I have all the answers on, I'm not a PhD in marriage relationships. I'm not going to go give a TED talk on this. I do feel like it's an honest, real conversation that I gleaned a lot from when I heard the perspective of the other ladies I was at the table with. So I'm hoping that as I am sharing this, it causes you to really think about where you're at in your relationship now compared to where you were and do you need to reevaluate the person you were there then compared to the person you are now and is there any gaps that need to be bridged so that you can get to this place of operating from a place of health emotionally and mentally and spiritually and not taking on a persona that doesn't serve you in this season of your life and this can be applied to so many different aspects. It doesn't even have to be applied to just marriage or relationships. I know for me, something I often talk about is when we go through different things in life and we go through defining seasons, defining moments in the timeline of our life, we walk away with a belief system that teaches us about God, about ourselves or about other people. And if we don't go back and we re and reevaluate why we believe what we believe, we can often sometimes continue to live from a lie that maybe in one season was a truth or it was simply what we needed to survive that season. But now, given where we are now, that old mindset from 10 years ago may not serve you anymore. Maybe in 10 years ago, you needed to be more guarded for whatever reason. But now you're in a season where you're in a circle of people that you trust more and you can begin to let your guard down. 
maybe in another season you were really hopeless and you were depressed and you did what you needed to do to survive that season of your life. But now you have different capacity for levels, different levels of hope and you have more of a positive outlook. But maybe there's some fear that's still attached to what you know you've walked through. And so I'm sure as you're listening, you can think of however this applies in your life. And so where I really want to end with this is just asking yourself, where have I become so independent and emotionally detached? And once you've identified that, asking yourself, do I have the capacity for more intimacy where I can begin to reattach emotionally after being so independent? So that is the question. I'm sure there's lots of thoughts and ideas and opinions. So as I post this episode, feel free to leave a comment on the YouTube version of this podcast and let me know your thoughts. Until next time. That's all we've got for this episode of the Called Forth podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. Also make sure to link up with us at www.dontown.com. That's D-A-W-N-T-O-W-N-E.com. And on social media. And please just share. Share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. Until next time, remember, you have been called forth.